0: Hello, this is Kenny Williamson, and welcome back to another episode of McKill's Deck Chronicles. In this episode, we are going to take back up where we left off last time, listening to Dr. Kent Hovind's series that he did, his creation seminar series, and this one is called The Age of the Earth. So this is the second half of that seminar, so this will be part number two. So I really hope you enjoyed the first part. Again, that's a Dr. Kent Hovind, and you know he has a thing down in I believe it's called Repton, Repton, Alabama, and he has something called Dinosaur Adventureland down there. And he's a, he has a ministry that I've been supporting for several years because I really like his stuff, and he distributes this stuff. You can order his stuff, you know, his DVDs and videos and everything. And this is some of the stuff that's on those DVDs that you can purchase. And if you purchase his stuff, you can distribute it again for free as much as you want, as long as you don't charge for it. So what I've done is I've converted those DVDs down to MP3s. So somebody who wants to listen to them on a podcast on any platform can listen to it if they so choose. So anyway, having said that, um, here is part two. Um, Let me know what you think. And God bless you.
1: If I told you, if you kissed a frog, it would turn to a prince. You say, no, frogs don't turn to princes. How many of you ladies got your husband by kissing a frog? Come on, let's see. Looks like only about three. Okay, See, it doesn't happen very often, but in the textbooks it does. We started off like an amoeba, and slowly evolved to a frog, and very slowly became a prince. (laughs) It's the same fairy tale. See, if the frog turns to the prince quickly, we all know it's a fairy tale. But if the frog turns to the prince slowly, oh, no, that's modern science. No, I'm sorry, that's still a fairy tale, okay? Even more of a fairy tale. The difference, though, is not a kiss. That won't do it anymore. Today, boys and girls, if you want to turn your frog to a prince, you have to have a super-duper special high-powered magic ingredient called billions and billions of years. How many have ever heard that before? Billions of years ago. It's in all the textbooks, it's on TV, it's in the magazines, it's in National Pornographic. Geographic, I mean. Billions and billions of years ago. They talk about it like some kind of fact of science, you know. Here's a fourth grade textbook. It says, many millions of years ago. Now, wait a minute. If anybody ever says that to me, I say, excuse me, were you there? I say, no, of course I wasn't there. And I'll say, now, do you know the earth is millions of years old? I mean, is this really part of science? Is this something we can observe and study and test and demonstrate? They'll say, well, no, but everybody believes the earth is millions of years old. (laughs) No, they don't. Most Americans believe the earth is less than 10,000 years old and God made it. Less than 15% are ever evolutionists or atheists in the tests that they take, in the surveys. The majority of Americans do not believe the earth is millions of years old. Now, it's true that slightly more than half of the scientists believe in evolution. That's true. I agree. But that doesn't make it true. It's true they believe it, but what they believe is not true. See, just because a bunch of scientists believe something, it doesn't mean anything. There was a time when the scientists thought the planets go around the Earth. The scientists used to teach a big rock will fall faster than a little rock. They used to teach, if you're sick, you have bad blood. Take out your blood and you will get better. There were special places all over America to get your blood taken out. You could tell where they were because they had a white pole with a red stripe around it. The barber was the blood letter. And right beside George Washington, when they were bleeding him to death, was a Bible that told them, the life of the flesh is in the blood. Man, if they'd have read that verse, he might still be alive today. Well, he would have lived longer, okay? But listen, if you went scuba diving and you found a treasure chest full of gold coins, and I asked you the simple question, when did the boat sink? You say, I don't know. Well, look at the dates on the coins. If there's a coin in that box from 1750, you ought to be able to figure out, the boat sank after 1750. How many can figure this out with no help at all? Okay. It couldn't sink before that, could it? You don't poke around in the box and find the oldest coin. You have to find the most recent coin, and that kind of limits when the boat could have sunk. That's called the limiting factor. Did you know there are probably a hundred different ways to tell how old the earth is? A lot of them give big numbers, a lot of them give small numbers, but it's the small ones we've got to worry about. If you find a dinosaur bone, you should notice two things about it immediately. Number one, it does not talk. Number two, it does not have a date stamped on it. It does not say, made by a dinosaur in 70 million B.C. in Taiwan. They don't say that, okay? So how do you tell the age of a fossil? How do you tell the age of the earth? How old is this earth, anyway? Well, the Bible dates add up to about 6,000. textbook says it's billions. Somebody is wrong. There's a difference between 6,000 and 20 billion. Congress doesn't seem to understand the difference, but there's a difference, okay? We'll talk about that in the next session. How do you show the earth is not billions of years old? But if it is only 6,000 years old, like the Bible teaches, that raises some interesting questions. What about the dinosaurs? What about carbon dating? How did the light from the stars get here? What about Grand Canyon? Didn't that take millions of years to form? What about the geologic column? Well, folks, that's why my seminar is about 17 hours long. I am talking as fast as I can go. But we cover all that, and we'll cover some more of that in just a minute. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, "...in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth." When was the beginning? The Bible says that Jesus created all things in heaven and earth. Well, wait, wait, wait. Did God create the heaven and the earth? Or did Jesus create the heaven and the earth? Well, they're both fine. Jesus is God Almighty in the flesh, in spite of what Jehovah's false witnesses teach. Okay? Jesus said in Matthew nineteen four, "...have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female?" By the way, it was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Okay, But Jesus said that was the beginning. Same thing in Mark 10.6. From the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. The Bible says death came into the world because of man's sin. Nothing died until Adam sinned. By man came death. The Bible's real clear on the topic. And Adam was the first man. And Eve was the mother of all living. Well, that makes it pretty easy then. We just add up the dates. The Bible says Adam was 130 when Seth was born. Seth was 105 when Enos was born. Enos was 90 when Canaan was born. You go through the Bible, you add up the dates. It's not hard to do. You can make a chart like this pretty easily. If you get my seminar notebook, the last page folds out to be that chart. Or we've got them laminated like this one, if you want them for placemats, when your skeptic friends come for lunch. You can really stir up a conversation with one of those things. But. <laughs> We got quite a few placemats our ministry offers, so different things to make kids read that instead of the cereal box. But uh, If you add up the dates in the Bible, you're going to get about 4,000 BC for the creation. Not millions of years ago. About 4,000. Now, I'm not one of those guys that tries to put an exact date on it. I don't say it was 4,004 BC, October 23rd at 2 in the afternoon. I don't think you can get that close from Scripture. I think Adam was made in the afternoon, because it was just before Eve. It's the only clue I found. And I can't prove this, but I think I figured out why God made Adam first. I think God made Adam first because he didn't want any advice on how to do it. (laughs) How many would agree with that one? (laughs) By the way, B.C. means before Christ. Almost all the new textbooks are changing it to say B.C.E., before the common era. Christ is gone from the schools, folks textbook says the earth is billions of years old. Jesus said the creation of Adam was the beginning. Well, was he lying? Did he not understand science? Or was he right? How old is the earth? When was the beginning? Thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundations of the earth. How old is this earth? Could that date of 4000 BC be correct? I do many debates at universities and speak on a lot of talk shows and stuff. And There's always some atheist who will call in and say, "Hoven, uh, I've got a question. Who did Adam's sons marry? Hmm? Uh, good question, and a fair question. I say that's a good question, and I'll be glad to answer that. However, you guys are the ones that have a serious problem. The Bible says, Cain went out from the presence of the Lord, and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived. Well, it doesn't say he found her there. But who was his wife, and who did Seth marry anyway? And I think I can answer that. However, compared to the evolutionists, we have a minor problem. See, they believe 18 or 20 billion years ago, there was a big bang where nothing exploded and made everything. And 4.6 billion years ago, the earth cooled down and it was a hot ball of rock. Earth began as a hot ball of rock. And then millions of years of torrential rains created great oceans. And swirling in the waters of the oceans is a bubbling broth of complex chemicals progress from a complex chemical soup to a living organism is very slow. (laughs) It sure is. It don't even happen. That's how slow it is. This guy said the first self-replicating systems must have emerged in this organic soup. So according to the Big Bang Theory, 20 billion years ago there was a Big Bang, and then 4.6 billion years ago the Earth cooled down. It rained on the rocks for millions of years and turned them into soup, and the soup came alive 3 billion years ago. And that first life form found somebody to marry. Now, there's a good trick. And something to eat, of course, and slowly evolved into everything we see today. That's the Big Bang Theory. So great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandpa was soup. I spoke at a college in Boston one time. They said, Hovind, you can come speak at our college if our professors can ask you any questions they want. Because we like to show the students how dumb you Christians really are. I said, I would be honored to come for that. So I showed up. There were six professors and all their students in the room. You know, I felt like Daniel in the lion's den. I said, folks, I got my charts out. I said, folks, I believe the Bible. I believe 6,000 years ago God made everything, and 4,400 years ago there was a flood that destroyed everything. Noah saved two of each kind, not species, kind on the ark. And then I told them what they believe, because most of them don't know what they believe, you know. 20 billion years ago Big Bang, 4.6 billion years ago uh, earth cooled down, rained on the rocks for millions of years, and turned them into soup, and the soup came alive. One professor was really upset. He said, Hovind, do you realize there are hundreds of varieties of dogs in the world? I said, oh yeah, there's a bunch. He said, do you mean to tell me that you believe all those dogs came from just two dogs on Noah's ark? You expect me to believe that? I said, sir, would you look at what you're teaching your students? You're teaching your students that all those dogs came from a rock. He didn't have any more questions after that. But anyway, who did Adam's sons marry? Well, the Bible says Adam lived after he begat Seth 800 years and begat sons and daughters. How many kids could you have in 800 years? Several, right? A friend of mine in Arkansas has 15 kids in 15 years. I met a family from Minnesota with 20 children, all of them under 20. It's cold in Minnesota. (laughs) So, who did Adam's sons marry? Well, duh, they married sisters. You say married sisters? Well, calm down. First place, there's no other choice, okay? Secondly, Who are you going to report them to? Think about it. Thirdly, there were no laws against it until 2,500 years later when Moses gave the law. They didn't need laws against it at first. For the first 1,000 years or so, the race had genetically no defects. No problem marrying sisters. See, everything about you is inherited. Even having children is hereditary. If your parents don't have any, you won't either. You say, wow, I never thought about that. Go well, think about it. You'll see I'm right. People say, you can't marry sisters. What about genetic similarity? Adam married his rib. Talk about genetic similarity. <laughs> it's not going to be a problem, okay? And you won't notice this reading the Bible, but when you graph out the dates, it's pretty amazing. You'll realize that Adam lived long enough to know his great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson. Noah's daddy could have known Adam for 56 years. Can you imagine a family reunion back in those days? All right, everybody hop on the camel. We're going to go visit great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandpa Adam. And he's going to tell us what it was like in the Garden of Eden, before the first woman ate the first man out of house and home. I do tell a lot of Adam and Eve jokes. I'll just tell you right now. And this one lady said, well, just where would you men be without us women? I said, in the Garden of Eden. But it'd be lonely. It wouldn't be worth it, okay? You won't notice this reading your Bible either, but when you graph out the dates, it's like, wow, that's pretty cool. Noah's son Shem lived long enough after the flood to know Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob had 13 kids, 12 boys, one girl. One of those boys was Joseph. He's the guy that got the coat of many colors. And the brothers got jealous and beat him up and threw him in the pit, and he ended up down in Egypt, and he became the vice pharaoh, or whatever they call him. And he invited the brothers to move down and live with them. So Joseph is introducing his dad Jacob to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said to Jacob, How old are you? And Jacob said, I'm hundred and thirty. Few and evil have the de- days of the years of my life been, and have not attained unto the days of the years of the life of my fathers. I read that verse 36 years ago as a brand new Christian, and I thought, what's he saying here? I'm hundred and thirty, but this is nothing compared to my ancestors? Yeah, when you figure he could have personally known Shem, Arfax, and Selah, and Eber. You know, if you're 130, but you know a 600-year-old that lives around the corner, you just don't feel so old anymore. Anyway, textbook says the earth is billions of years old. Jesus said the creation of Adam was the beginning. Now, was he lying? Was he stupid? Or was he right? How old is the earth? Do the books in this town teach the kids the earth is billions of years old? Are they going to learn this in school when they go back? Of course they are. 4.6 billion years ago. Even some Christians are teaching the earth is billions of years old. Some people who really sincerely, honestly love the Lord. This list of folks tells some of those, just a few, of those that are teaching the earth is billions of years old. I debated Hugh Ross for three hours on the John Ankerberg Show. Both of those guys believe the earth is billions of years old. People say, "Who, who cares? What difference does it make? It makes a giant difference. Because if you're going to have billions of years, you're going to have death before sin. Now you have a heresy. And it's heresy. It's not heresy to believe the earth is billions of years old, but it's heresy to put death before sin. That's a clear heresy. The okay? Bible says, Death reigned from Adam to Moses. By man came death. In Adam all died. Who cares about the age of the earth? Well, for one thing, the credibility of Genesis is at stake. Because the average person reading that book is not going to find billions of years in there. So the question is real simple. Can the average person read the Bible and understand it, or do we have to have some guru tell us what it means? Secondly, the credibility of Jesus is at stake, since he quoted Genesis 25 times. And just about every other book in the Bible refers to the book of Genesis. It's an important topic. And the evolutionists really care. If you take away billions of years, their theory looks real silly. Jesus said, had you believed Moses, you would have believed me. He wrote of me. Well, the Bible clearly teaches about 6,000 years. Let's see what the scientific evidence says. In 1999, the world's population crossed over the 6 billion mark. In 1985, there were 5 billion people on planet Earth. In 1800, there was 1 billion people here. Everybody agrees there were about a billion people around 1800. And everybody agrees the population is growing rapidly. But the world is not overcrowded. Don't fall for that overcrowded propaganda going around the schools. The world is not overcrowded. The whole world's population today, all six billion people, would fit inside Jacksonville, Florida. Twice. That little city has 25 billion square feet. The world's not overcrowded, folks. Have you driven across Nebraska? (laughs) Or Kansas? Or New Mexico? Or Texas? Drive across Texas. Anybody have driven across Texas? You can go for three days. Are we still in Texas? Yeah, nothing out there but flat rabbits, I tell you what. Uh, The world's not overcrowded. Drive across Tennessee, for heaven's sake. It's not overcrowded. Look, if it's overcrowded where you are, move. Because there's plenty of room out there, other places, okay? Back when Jesus was here, the world's population was only about a quarter of a billion. It looks like the whole population growth curve started about 4,400 years ago. Hmm. Now, if you believe in evolution, you've got a problem. You think man's been here for three million years. In three million years, the population would have grown. Right now, there'd be about 150,000 people per square inch. That would be crowded. No, man's not been here for millions of years. God told Adam to replenish the earth, fill it with kids, have lots of kids. Okay? He formed the world to be inhabited, Isaiah 45 tells us. Okay? But we got people on the other side who think we should reduce the population of the earth. That's Satan's plan, of course. Jacques Cousteau said, we need to eliminate 350,000 people a day. Ted Turner said, we need a 95% decline in populations. Okay, Ted, you first. (laughs) These guys for the new world order want to reduce the population of the world to a half billion. See, Satan was told by the Lord er, in the Garden of Eden, you're going to crawl on your belly and eat dust all your life. Then the Lord said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head. Satan knows someday some seed of the woman is going to bruise his head, and he's not looking forward to that. So he's decided he's going to kill every human being on the planet. Satan's goal is to kill all of humanity, to thwart God's plan. God said, fill the earth with kids, have a bunch of kids. Satan says, no, we're going to reduce it to zero. Remember when Herod wanted to kill baby Jesus in Bethlehem? What did he do? Kill all the children. Let's be sure to get the right one. Let's just kill them all. And Satan's going to try to kill every human being on the planet. Charles Wooster said, people are the cause of all the problems. We need to get rid of some of them. Bill Clinton signed the biodiversity treaty that said we need to reduce the Earth's population to one billion. They've already got the Earth divided up into regions. The red areas are for animals only. No human beings allowed. The treaty's been signed. It just hasn't been enforced yet. Coming soon, though. Pr- Peter Singer is the guy who wants to have abortions after the baby's born. You've got 28 days to decide if you want to keep it. He said, Christianity is our foe. If animal rights is to succeed, we must destroy the Judeo-Christian religious tradition, like animals have more rights than humans. Greg said, the world has cancer. The cancer is man. Prince Philip, the husband of Queen Elizabeth, she's the one that invented the microwave. Never mind. Okay. Prince Philip said, if I could be reincarnated, I would wish to return to Earth as a killer virus to lower human population levels. Nice guy, Phil. By the way, Monsanto is real busy on working on genetically modified foods. They banned them in Europe. But 70% of everything you eat now contains genetically modified foods, causing all kinds of problems with health. Get the book Seeds of Deception if you want a whole lot more on that or engineered extinction from the New American Magazine about how, a seed, how our food is being tampered with to reduce the population. The United Nations said, food is power. We use it to control behavior. We do not apologize. And before you get excited about vaccines, you might want to read uh, what's happening with the viruses being injected in with the vaccines, the time bombs being planted in there. Long story on that. We cover more on that on our Bible and health videotape. Um, autism has gone crazy. There's been a 75,000% increase in autism in Illinois. It's from vaccines, most people believe. Sudden Infant Death Syndrome, SIDS, seems to be from vaccines. In Australia, they made vaccines non-mandatory. 50% of the people dropped out and had a 50% drop in uh, SIDS, Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. Go to uh, marytoko.com if you want more on vaccines. But people, There are people who want to reduce the population of the earth. Go outside of Atlanta, Georgia, to the town of Elberton, Go north about seven or eight miles on Highway 77 and look off to the right. You'll see a place over there where they teach you should reduce the population of the planet. If you look off to the right, you'll see these stones over here. It looks like Stonehenge. You drive over there, it's the weirdest place, middle of nowhere. You get up and you read them and it says, in 12 languages, the Ten Commandments for the New World Order. Commandment number one, maintain humanity under one-half billion. Well now, hold on a minute. There's already 6 billion people here. How do they propose to maintain humanity under a half billion? Looks to me like there's going to have to be a dramatic drop in population. That's exactly what the devil wants. More on that in our college class, CSE 101. Well, regardless of what happens in the future, the population today tells us, man's only been here about 4,400 years. They said it looks like there's been a genetic bottleneck The whole population was reduced to a few thousand just a couple thousand years ago. They're getting closer. Actually, it was all reduced to eight about 4,400 years ago. Keep studying. I tell everybody, you keep studying. When you get done climbing the mountain of truth, you find the Baptists have been sitting there all along. Galaxies are spinning, but the stars in the middle go faster than the stars at the outside. So why do we still have spiral arms on the galaxies? They should not be there. Okay. Galaxies are evidence that the Earth, the universe at least, is not billions of years old. Stars are blowing up all the time. It's called a supernova or a nova. But a star blows up about every 30 years, and yet there's less than 300 supernova re- f- f- fragments that have been found, remnants. That's only a few thousand years worth of stars. Why aren't there billions of supernova remnants? Some people say, well, new stars are forming in Crab Nebula or Eagle, Horsehead Nebula. No, that's a bunch of baloney. We cover that on video seven. Nobody's ever seen a star form. The planet Jupiter is cooling off rapidly. Saturn, The stars are changing from red giants to white dwarfs. The textbook says it takes billions of years. We know that's not true. All the ancient astronomers said Sirius was a red star. Today it's a white dwarf. It happens in a few thousand years. Don't let them tell you it takes billions of years. Jupiter is cooling off rapidly, it's constantly losing heat. It cannot be billions of years old. It would have been cold by now. Jupiter's moon, Ganymede, has a strong magnetic field, indicating a liquid core, meaning it is not billions of years old. Saturn's rings are expanding away from the planet. They cannot be billions of years old. There's more about that in the book, In the Beginning, by Walt Brown. Excellent book, by the way. The moon goes around the earth. How many knew that already? The moon goes around the earth? You know, as the moon goes around the earth, it's gradually getting farther away. We're slowly losing the moon. It's leaving us a couple inches a year. No big deal, nothing to worry about, plus nothing you can do about it anyway. But the moon is getting farther from the earth every day. Now, kids, this is going to be complicated, so listen carefully. The moon is getting farther from the earth every day. So that means that it used to be closer. How many can figure this out with no help at all? Okay. Well, if you bring the moon in closer, you start to create a problem because the moon causes the tides. Now, you folks in Knoxville probably don't worry about the tides. But in Pensacola, you worry about the tides. See, if the moon was closer, the tides would be higher. There's a law called the inverse square law. If you brought the moon in to one-third the distance, you take the one-third, flip it over and square it, it's nine times the gravitational pull. If you run all the math on this, you'll find out the moon and Earth would have been almost together 1.4 billion years ago. Walt Brown says 1.2 billion years ago is the max lifespan for Earth and Moon. Well, if the Moon was whizzing around just above the surface of the Earth, that explains what happened to the tall dinosaurs. They got mooned. Uh, Comets are flying around through space. But comets are constantly losing material. I mean, stuff blows off the tail of a comet. You can't just keep losing, okay? Pretty soon it's gone. You know, it's kind of like your checkbook. See, if your outgo exceeds your income, your upkeep will be your downfall every single time. Well, these comets are always losing material. That's something you just can't keep doing forever. Most astronomers say, comets can't last more than about 10,000 years. Okay, well then, I have a question. Why do we still have comets out there? They should all be gone by now. I mentioned in a seminar years ago that comets is an indication that the solar system is less than 10,000 years old, and an atheist went home and devoted an entire website against me, anti-Hovend website. There are now over a thousand. One guy told me there's closer to 2,000 anti-Hovend websites. I'm so proud of myself. Well, this one scoffer on his website said, "Hoven, don't you know that a Dutch astronomer back in 1950 his, his name was Jan Oort, he proposed it means he hoped he wished he prayed that there was a great shell of comets out there, and new ones keep coming in to replace the old ones that are burning out." So his, his he said, "The reason we still have comets is because new ones are replacing the ones that are burning up. They called it the Oort cloud of comets. He said this Oort cloud is 50,000 astronomical units away. Well, if you don't know what an astronomical unit is, it's the distance from the Sun to the Earth. That's one astronomical unit. It's pretty hard to see Pluto without a really good telescope. And Pluto's only 39 astronomical units away. You're never going to see a comet at 50,000 astronomical units, that's for sure, okay? Nobody's ever seen this Oort cloud. Oort never saw the Oort cloud. The whole thing's based on a mathematical mistake. There is no Oort cloud. Even Carl Pagan, Sagan said, "Many scientific papers are written each year about the Oort cloud, its properties, its origin, its evolution, yet there's not a shred of direct observational evidence for its existence. There is no Oort cloud. But this scoffer on his website said, "Hoven, if you want to use the comet argument you know to prove the Earth is young, it's up to you to prove, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that the Oort cloud and other. Sources don't exist. Wait, 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 wait. How would you prove the non-existence of something? Wouldn't I have to be all places at the same instant to prove something doesn't exist? Mm Hmm? What he's trying to do here is called shifting the burden of proof. The liberals do it to us all the time and we fall for it. I'll show you how easy it is to do. Suppose I said, watermelons are blue on the inside until you cut the skin. Prove I'm wrong. Mm, That's called shifting the burden proof. That'd be pretty hard to do, wouldn't it? As soon as you cut the skin, Oh, see, it turned red. I was right. It was blue a second ago. (laughs) He says, I have to prove there's no Oort cloud. Now, wait, 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 Dave. Here's what we know. We know we have comets. We know they don't last more than about 10,000 years. We know the Bible says the Earth is 6,000 years old. I don't have a problem with comets. But he wants to make it look like I have a problem with comets when he's the one who's got the problem. The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. It's interesting, evolution theory has the sun and stars evolving before the earth. The Bible says God made the earth before the sun and stars. Everything about the evolution theory is backwards to the Bible. Every single thing, absolutely backwards. These theories don't match. Everything's backwards. The Bible says man brought death into the world. Evolution says death brought man into the world. The Bible says God created man, and evolution says, no, man created God. These theories are polar opposite. People say, couldn't God use evolution to create? Well, he could have, but it's not the God of the Bible, that's for sure. The God that would use evolution is cruel, wasteful, and retarded. It's not a God you'd want to pray to, that's for sure. cover more on that on Video 7 of the Blue series that tapes back there. The psalmist said, when I consider thy heavens, by the way, heavens is plural. We get into that more on video, two. He said, When I consider... Kids, you do yourself a favor once in a while to shut off that TV and go outside and consider the heavens. Go see what God has done. The psalmist said, While I was musing, the fire burned. The word muse means think. Think. The Bible uses the word twice. Think. Now, English is a pretty interesting language, you know. A theist is a person who says he believes in God. If you put the letter A in front of a word, it means the opposite. So an atheist is a person who says he does not believe in God. Muse means to think. You got it. Amuse means, literally, to not think. Did you know we've got entire parks where you can pay money and go do that? They're called amusement parks, mm-hmm. a place to not think. He said, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? You know, it's interesting. A person that spends his time considering what God has done is just not impressed with what man can do. And some of you parents ought to go home and look in your kid's bedroom. And if what you see all over the wall are pictures of sports heroes, you listen carefully. You're training your kids to meditate on what man can do, not what God can do. And his brain, his thinking process is going to be about that deep. You know, the depth of his understanding is, wow, he threw the ball through the hoop. Oh, <laughs> who's going to care in a thousand years? Who's going to care in five years? Does anybody know who won the stupid Bowl, Super Bowl five years ago? Does anybody care? Doesn't matter, does it? All those grown men out there fighting over that one ball, and they can all afford to go buy their own. I mean, it's not sinful. It is just dumb to pay a guy five million dollars to carry a pig bladder down a cow pasture through some plumbing. (laughs) It's not going to last, folks. Think about things that are going to last forever, like what God has done, okay? Meditate on that. The Bible says, Speak to the earth, and it shall teach thee. The earth is like a big magnet. Now, magnets always lose their strength. The Earth's magnet has lost 10% of its strength in the last uh, 150 years. That means, of course, it used to be stronger, since it's getting weaker, and it cannot be more than 25,000 years old. Just the Earth's magnetic field decline limits it to less than 25,000 years, and that also means carbon dating can't work. give you a few examples here. The lower leg of a mammoth (coughs) dated 15,000 years old, but the skin was 21,000. One part of a mammoth is twenty nine thousand years old. Another part's forty four thousand. You talk about a slow birth. <laughs> cover more on carbon dating on video number seven and all the serious problems with that. But the textbooks will say, well, yes, the magnetic field's getting weaker, but that's because it's reversing, okay? It's a pattern of reversals. No, there are no magnetic reversals in the magnetic field at the bottom of the ocean. We cover that on video six. This is all part of another theory called Pangea. How many have ever heard of Pangea before? that all the continents used to fit together. Well, I bet they didn't tell you they shrank Africa nearly 40% to make them fit, did they? Did they tell you they took out all of Mexico and Central America? Señor, ¿qué pasa? ¿Dónde está México? Panama, Costa Rica, Guatemala. And they don't tell you what I think ought to be obvious to a kindergartner. Did you know, if you take the water out of the oceans, you will notice there is dirt underneath. People say, "Hoven." Do you think the continents were ever connected? I say, what do you mean they're still connected? I mean, like right now, you know, it's just the low places are full of water, that's all. What do you mean, were they connected? Hello, they're still connected. (laughs) What a dumb theory. We cover more on that on video number six about Pangea, uh, what's called the Hoven theory. But the earth is spinning about a thousand miles an hour at the equator, but the earth is slowing down. The earth actually slows down about a thousandth of a second every day. The earth slows down. Astronomy Magazine ran an article in 1992. They said, Earth's rotation is slowing down. June will be one second longer than normal. We will have a leap second. Leap second? Yep. They have to have a leap second about every year to year and a half. Because the Earth is slowing down. Now kids, this is going to be complicated. So listen carefully. The Earth is spinning, but it is slowing down. So, that means that it used to be going faster. How many can figure this out with no help at all? Four, five, six, seven, nine. okay. Good. Well, if the earth is only 6,000 years old, this is not a problem. I mean, it was going a little faster. Adam wouldn't notice. He didn't have a watch anyway, as far as we know. But uh, Some of these guys would like me to believe the earth is billions of years old. Man, if you go back billions of years, you're going to have a problem. The earth would be spinning pretty quick. Get up, go to bed, get up, go to bed, get up, go to bed. You would never get nothing done. centrifugal force would have been enormous. Man, the winds would have been 5,000 miles an hour from the Coriolis effect. And you want me to believe the dinosaurs lived millions of years ago? I know what happened to them.
0: They
1: got blown off. No, they did not live no millions of years ago. Uh, The Sahara Desert has what's called a prevailing wind pattern. The wind almost always blows the same way. This creates a serious problem. The hot air comes off the desert, kills the trees next door, and that area becomes desert. The process is called desertification. You can read about it in an earth science book. Sahara Desert has been studied very carefully. They did a long study on this and said, you know what, folks? The Sahara Desert is probably about 4,000 years old. That's when it started growing. Egypt used to be fertile land all over the place. Okay, well then, I have a question. If the Earth is millions of years old, why don't we have a bigger desert someplace? Why would the biggest desert on the planet be less than 4,000 years old? Well, I have a theory about that. Now, here's my theory. I believe about 6,000 years ago, God created everything. 4,400 years ago, there was a flood. Now, it's pretty hard to have a desert under a flood. you got to admit that would be tough, okay? So the desert couldn't start growing until the flood water went down. So I predict, based on the Bible, the biggest desert in the world will be less than 4,400 years old. It is. Wow, maybe the Bible's right. You know, when they drill into the ground, sometimes they hit oil. The oil's under incredible pressure in some places, up to 20,000 pounds per square inch. It'll come squirting up out of the ground, like a big zip. 20,000 psi. Well, the guys who study the rocks on top of the oil say, you know, it just can't handle that pressure for more than about 10,000 years. I know the weight of rock supplies pressure, but the, the pressure in the well is greater than the weight of overburden. They say it should have cracked the rock and leaked off in, in less than 10,000 years. Okay, Well, then I, now I've got two questions. Where did the oil come from? And why is it still under pressure? Hmm. Well, most scientists agree that oil comes from organisms that are squished. They're changed by heat and pressure into oil. They learned in 1971 how to make oil in 20 minutes in the laboratory. In Australia, they've got a treatment plant that takes sewage sludge and turns it into oil in 30 minutes. There's a factory in Turkey that just opened up. A factory in Texas that takes turkey guts and pressurizes them and heats them and turns them into oil. They said in the article, We duplicated what Mother Nature does, but what Mother Nature took millions of years to do, we do in about 30 minutes. Sinclair has the dinosaur as their logo. They say, dinosaurs turned to oil. Yes, boys and girls, they mellowed for 80 million years. I don't think so. I have a theory about the oil. Here's my theory, okay? I believe about 6,000 years ago, God created everything. 4,400 years ago, there was a flood. Okay. In that flood, lots of critters and people drowned. They got buried by the gravel and the rocks and the mud and the sand, and it got pretty heavy after a while, and it squished them into oil. So the oil is down there today from the people and animals that drowned in that flood. Which means, if you stop and think about that, you drove over here tonight <coughs> on some of your ancestors. Well, Noah's uncles, anyway. Next time you're at the gas station pumping him in there, you can say, "Bye, Grandpa. You should have listened to Noah. <laughs> he told you it's going to rain." <clears throat> I was preaching in Denver one time, and some guys came and they said, "Hoven, we know you teach the Earth is only six thousand years old. Uh, we'd like to prove to you you're wrong. Would you come with us, please?" I said, "Sure." They took me to this big freezer in Denver, outside of Denver, in Lakewood. It's the National Ice Core Laboratory. Thirty-six below zero in there. They put this big suit on me, big hat, big gloves, big boots. I was freezing in five seconds when I walked in there. I got Florida blood, you know, it's real thin. They said, Hoven, we go to Greenland and we drill holes through the ice. You know, government job. And we take this big pipe, we drill it down in, and we bring this ice core out of the middle of the pipe, and we save it in this big freezer here in Lakewood, Colorado. We have 10 ice cores stored in this freezer. They said they took me over and showed me one of the ice cores. They said, you see these rings on here? It looks like tree rings. Dark, light, dark, light. I said, oh yeah, it's real clear. They said, well, what happens in the summer, the snow melts a little bit, and then it refreezes and makes clear ice. It shows up dark on the picture. In the winter, the snow just packs. It doesn't get a chance to melt. And so it shows up as a white layer. So these layers represent summer, winter, summer, winter, summer, winter, summer, winter. They said, now the deepest hole we've ever drilled is 10,000 feet deep. And we counted these ice rings, and there were 135,000 of them. And now you're going around telling everybody the earth is 6,000 years old. We can prove it's at least 135,000. I said, fellas, aren't you assuming those are annual rings? See, they didn't know about the lost squadron, apparently. But in World War II, some airplanes ran out of gas and landed in Greenland. Has anybody ever heard of the Lost Squadron? Okay, so it's been on TV a bunch of times. Well, the airplanes got left there in 1942. They went on and fought the war. Everybody forgot about them, until a rich millionaire from Kentucky got a brilliant idea. Go find those airplanes and bring them home. He went there looking for the airplanes. They had to use ground-penetrating radar to penetrate the ice, and they located the planes. They melted a hole to get down to a P-38. It was 263 feet below the surface. They melted this hole down to get to the plane. Took the plane apart and brought the pieces back up through the hole, and put it back together in Middleborough, Kentucky, not too far from here. How far is Middleborough from Knoxville? Two hours, maybe. The plane's that's where its home base is, Middleborough. Well, the planes were in the ice for 48 years. They were 263 feet down. That's five and a half feet a year. Now, the deepest hole they've ever drilled is 10,000 feet. You divide that by five and a half, you get eighteen hundred years. I know deeper layers get squished, called glacial fern. So really, four thousand years is plenty of time to put all the ice at the North and South Pole. So why isn't there more ice at the North and South Pole? Hmm. I visited the museum and saw the guy who dug out the airplane. His name is Bob Carden. I said, Bob, <clears throat> when you went down to get to that airplane, did you melt? Through, did you go through ice rings? He said, Oh yeah, many hundreds of them. I said, now wait a minute, how can there be hundreds of ice rings in forty-eight years? Shouldn't there be somewhere around forty-eight? He said, who told you those are annual layers? He said, that doesn't represent summer, winter, summer, winter. It represents warm, cold, warm, cold, warm, cold. You can get five of those in one week in Knoxville, can't you? Yeah. But here's a guy still calling them annual layers. Now, either he's ignorant or he's lying. I hope he's just ignorant, because ignorance can be fixed. You see, stupid is forever, but ignorance can be fixed. That's the difference, by the way. Uh, a guy that works with the Eskimos said, Brother Hoven, i got uh, 15 layers of snow on my car in 8 hours. Not 15 inches, 15 distinct layers of snow. Hmm. Your kids are going to be taught that each of the layers of the earth is a different age. They've got Cenozoic, Mesozoic, Paleozoic, Archaeozoic. Did you know the whole geologic column is baloney? It doesn't exist. We cover that on video four. All over the world, petrified trees are found standing up, connecting these rock layers. petrified tree connecting a bunch of layers can't be millions of years difference in the age of those layers. One in Cookville, Tennessee, not far from here. The bottom is coalified, the center is petrified, the top is coalified again. Runs through two coal seams. Cover more on that on video six about coal formation. Mount St. Helens blew trees into Spirit Lake. They're going to petrify very quickly, standing up. That's the way they sank to the bottom. They got waterlogged. Wood petrifies quickly. Here's petrified firewood. Here's a petrified fish giving birth. It does not take millions of years to give birth. Petrified cowboy boot with the cowboy's legs still in it. The article's on the table down here, called the Limestone Cowboy. The Mississippi River is depositing sediments at the rate of 80,000 tons every hour. 80,000 tons of mud comes down and dumps off around New Orleans and that delta is growing larger and larger. They studied the delta pretty carefully and say it probably took about 30,000 years to put all that mud out there in the delta. Okay, well then, I have a question. If the earth is millions of years old, why isn't the whole gulf of Mexico full of mud by now? They'll say, Hovind, it's 30,000 years. That proves the Bible's wrong. The Bible says 6,000. I know, but see, I've got a theory about that. Here's my theory. I believe 6,000 years ago, God made everything. 4,400 years ago, there was a flood. As the flood water was running off, whoosh, about half of that mud washed out there in 20 minutes. So it looks like it took 30,000 years to get the mud out there. It took about 20 minutes, and then 4,400 years since then. OK A friend of mine from Louisiana is a pastor of a church. He said, "Brother Hovind, I used to work in the oil field drilling in the, Missis- in the Gulf of Mississippi in the Gulf of Mexico, drilling for oil." He said, "We drilled down through 14,000 feet of mud and hit trees 60 feet tall, standing up. 60-foot vertical trees under 14,000 feet of mud." Hmm. More about that on Video 6. Here's a picture of the oldest tree on the planet. It's called the bristlecone pine. We've got a piece of bristlecone in our museum in Pensacola. It's only 30 inches in diameter and it's 700 years old. You can count the rings with a magnifying glass. It grows real slow. Now, tree ring dating is not an exact science. Trees can produce two rings a year or three rings a year. Okay, And be very careful about tree ring dating with overlapping sequencing. We'll cover more on that during Q&A time if you'd like. But The oldest tree in the world, this textbook says, is 4,300 years old. Earth's oldest organism. That's a pretty old tree. But I've got a question. If the earth is millions of years old, why don't we have an older tree someplace? Why would the oldest tree be 4,300 years old? I have a theory about that. Here's my theory. I believe about 6,000 years ago, God made everything. And 4,400 years ago, there was a flood. And so I predict the oldest tree ought to be somewhere around 4,300 years old. It is. Wow. Maybe that Bible's right, you know? Maybe you ought to read that thing and believe it. Here's a picture of a coral reef. You know, the largest reef in the world's in Australia. I had a call from a church in Brisbane one time. They said, do you want to come preach over here in Australia? I said, I need to pray about this. He said, yes. I took my whole family over to Australia. My daughter and I got to go scuba diving at the Great Barrier Reef. It was incredible. Some of the reef was destroyed during World War II by ships and anchors and bombs and stuff like that. So the environmentalist wackos went out there to see how fast it grows back. They watched the reef grow for 20 years. After watching it grow for 20 years, they said the reef is less than 4,200 years old. Okay, well then I have a question. If the earth is millions of years old, why don't we have a bigger reef someplace? Why on earth would the biggest reef be only 4,200 years old? I have a theory about that. I bet you know what it is, don't you? Can you figure it out by now? Okay, (laughs) Here's a picture of Niagara Falls. The textbook says, boys and girls, the rocky ledge above Niagara Falls has been eroding for nearly 9900 years. Now, how do they know that? Well, the rocks are breaking off the edge. I mean, all waterfalls do that. They break rocks off and the waterfall eats its way backwards. Okay, Flows one direction, erodes the other direction. Niagara Falls is moving back 4.7 feet a year. Charles Lyell went there in 1841 and said, well, Niagara Falls is here. Obviously, it started up here at the cliff by Lewiston, New York, It's moving back down the gully. He said, it's 10,000 years old, worth of erosion. The people that lived there said, Charlie, it erodes a whole lot faster than you think. One good rainstorm and there's a whole lot of erosion takes place. He figured three feet a year, purposely to make the Bible look wrong. He hated the Bible. we get into more of him on video number four. Today, Niagara Falls is way back there, split over that island. There's actually two Niagara Falls, the Canadian side and the American side. It's eroded back quite a ways just since Charles Lyell's time. The textbook says, this gorge that the river runs into, it runs in, is seven and a half miles long. A simple calculation shows it's been 9900 years. Oh, it's not that simple. See, Niagara Falls is right here. It started off further north up by Lewiston. If the earth is millions of years old, why hasn't it eroded back to Lake Erie by now? Why is Niagara Falls right there? I have a theory about that. Okay, now here's my theory. You see, about 6,000 years ago, God made everything, and 4,400 years ago, there was a flood. As the flood water was running off, whoosh, about half of that creek washed out in 20 minutes. So it looks like it took 9,900 years. They forgot the flood. They also forgot to get the right number. It should have been 8,400 had they used 4.7. you know. What do you expect? Okay. When it rains, 30% of the water runs into the ocean, bringing with it mineral salts. The oceans are getting saltier every day. Today they're 3.6% salt. They could have done that in less than 5,000 years. Question. Why aren't the oceans saltier? 6,000 years ago, God made everything. 4,400 years ago, there's a flood. Now, since the flood's been over, the oceans have gradually gotten saltier. One atheist I debated said, Hovind, would you please tell me how the freshwater fish survived the flood? I said, Sir, aren't you assuming the flood was salt water? He said, The ocean is salt water. I said, Well, it is today, yeah. During the flood, it's probably mostly freshwater, and it's gradually gotten saltier, and today some animals have had to adapt to salt water. And now we have freshwater crocodiles and saltwater crocodiles, and they probably had a common ancestor a crocodile." He said, that's evolution. I said, no, it's not. Going from a freshwater croc to a saltwater croc is a minor change compared to your evolution story. You believe they changed from a rock to a croc. Now that's a major change, okay? A friend of mine in Alabama raises fish. He said he took a freshwater fish, black mollies, slowly added salt to their aquarium. In two weeks, they became saltwater fish. When he put them back in freshwater, they died in 30 minutes. They can adapt to salt water, not a problem. How many have ever gone into a cave and the guide said, don't touch the formations, they take millions of years to form? They all got the same speech, right? You go over here to, uh, what's the one in Kentucky, Uh, Mammoth Cave? Or go to Carlsbad Caverns and they say it took 250 million years. They did a study on these stalactites and one guy said, you know, the fastest they can grow is two and a half inches per thousand years. That's the maximum growth rate. I don't think so. Here are some 50-inch stalactites growing under the Lincoln Memorial. They did that in 40 years. There's a bat covered up with flowstone before it could even rot. There's two-inch stalactites growing off a refrigeration shed in Pensacola, Florida. There's a guy in a building in Indiana, built just 40 years ago, has huge cave formations in the basement of the building from water leaking through the limestone. There's a mine that was shut down in Australia for 55 years. When they opened it back up to check it out, there were huge cave formations in 55 years. It was a pipe that was dripping water for seven years, made a 13-inch stalactite. I thought it was two and a half inches per thousand years. It's more like 2 inches per year. They broke off the stalagmite that was under it and gave it to me. It's in my museum. There's a parking garage built in 1997 in Texas. It was making stalagmites on the students' cars parking under it. They had to put up a drip pan to catch the water. A guy in Wyoming had a hot mineral spring on his property in Thermopolis, Wyoming. So he stuck a pipe in the ground. The water came out the top of the pipe and bubbled out the side of the top of the pipe, you know? But they had a little fountain. They called it the teepee fountain. Well, the guy died. They left the pipe sticking in the yard. As the pipe was there, it left behind mineral deposits as the water evaporated. How many have seen these mineral deposits? You get them on your sink up here? Okay. The guy died, and about uh, 95 years after he died, after the pipe was stuck in the ground, I went to see it. Here it is back in 1998. That would take some lime away to scrub that thing clean, don't you think? Yeah, a little bit. The guy down the street started his later. It's not quite as big, you know. You know, at the current rate of erosion, the continents will erode flat in 14 million years. Why do they tell us we've got fossils that are 300 times older than that, still above sea level? They should have washed out to sea 300 times. All you got to do is fly out west and look at the erosion patterns and say, man, this place was destroyed by a flood. I mean, the whole world was destroyed by a flood. Just fly around like I do and look out the window once in a while. The oldest languages in the world are kind of interesting. Origin of major writing systems from National Geographic. What do they say? Well, they say the oldest writing systems in the world started about 3,000 B.C., 5,000 years ago. Oldest writing systems. Hmm. And the oldest languages are modern, sophisticated, and complete. The Chinese said the year 2000 was the year 4700. They think they started their calendar with the flood. They called Noah Fuhai. The oldest recorded capital punishment 3,800 years ago. The Hebrew calendar said the year 2000 was 5760. We know the Hebrew calendar is messed up because a rabbi purposely took some years out to make it not match the prophecy to fit Jesus. The Saxons had a genealogy going back to Adam. The Danes and Norwegians had a king list going back to Noah. Don't trust the Egyptian king list. That is greatly exaggerated. See the work by Corville on that and Evolution Cruncher. Why are the oldest reliable historical records less than 6,000 years old? Well, I have a theory about that. I bet you know what it is, don't you? Yeah. That Bible is absolutely right, folks. Absolutely correct, scientifically. The evidence for a young earth is overwhelming. The students aren't taught that. Students are only shown the evidence for an old earth. Remember the coins in the box? They better deal with the youngest ones, not the oldest ones. These books aren't really science books anymore. They're books about evolution. I think it's part of a much bigger picture for a new world order. See, the guys that started this country said, Behold, these truths to be self-evident. All men are created equal. They're endowed by their Creator with certain rights. Like, do you have the right to have a church, or does the government create churches? It's the difference between 501c3 and 508c1a. You better study that out. Do you have the right to get married, or does the government give the right to get married? It's the difference between a marriage license and a marriage covenant. Big difference. Better study that out. But did you know 75% of kids from Christian homes who go to public schools will reject the Christian faith after one year of college? That's what happened to Crawford Toy. Most people have never heard of Crawford Toy, but he was a very famous Southern Baptist seminary professor. He almost married a girl named Lottie Moon. Has anybody ever heard of Lottie Moon? You know, you guys have the Lottie Moon offering every Christmas. She was a great missionary to China. Crawford Toy, after the Civil War, went to Europe and learned about evolution. And he sucked it in and believed it. He became an evolutionist. Crawford came back to his Bible class and said, you know, the Bible intends to teach a plain six-day creation. The Bible is simply in error at that point. The Bible's in error? Now, Crawford, hold on. Maybe your theory's in error. Maybe you got brainwashed. It's very easy to get brainwashed. I'm going to try to brainwash the whole crowd, and then we're going to quit and go home. And tomorrow we'll talk about... The Garden of Eden. What was that like? Why did they live to be 900? But first, I want to try to brainwash everybody. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you a little story. As I tell the story, I will brainwash you. Maybe you've never been brainwashed before. It's a harmless procedure. Don't worry about it, okay? When I'm done telling the story, I will ask you two simple questions about the story. If you know the answer, I just want you to raise your hand. Okay? If you don't know the answer, it will be because you have been successfully brainwashed. Now, pay attention. Here goes the story. Once upon a time, a man left home jogging. He jogged a little ways and turned left. He jogged a little ways and turned left. He jogged a little ways and turned left and jogged back home. As he was jogging home, he noticed two masked men waiting for him at home. Who were the masked men, and why did he leave home jogging? If you know, raise your hand, but don't say it out loud. It's about five or six. Ooh, okay, the rest of you, pay attention. We're going to try it again. Okay. Once upon a time, a man left home jogging. He jogged a little ways and turned left. I'll give you a hint. That's important. He jogged a little ways and turned left. He jogged a little ways, turned left, and jogged back home. As he was jogging home, he noticed two masked men waiting for him at home. Who were the masked men, and why did he leave home jogging? Anybody new figured out? Two more. Okay. The rest of you, pay attention. We're going to try it one more time. But now I'm going to unbrainwash you. So you didn't realize it, but I had you brainwashed in the first three seconds. I'm going to unbrainwash all of you now just by showing you a couple of pictures. I'll tell the same story word for word, but watch the pictures. You will feel yourself get unbrainwashed. It's the coolest feeling. Are you ready? Here goes. Once upon a time, a man left home jogging. He jogged a little ways and turned left. He jogged a little ways and turned left. He jogged a little ways and turned left and jogged back home. As he was jogging home, he noticed two masked men waiting for him at home. Who were the masked men? (laughs) The catcher and the umpire. You say, uh. Brother Hovind, is it that easy to get brainwashed? Oh, yeah. You see, as soon as I said, a man left home, you started thinking about a house, and you were off track. And once you get off track, it's pretty tough to get back on. Would you like to see how kids get brainwashed in your school system by the millions every year? Millions of kids in America every single year get brainwashed, and it's so simple how they do it. They put the kid in kindergarten, He can't even read yet. And they give him a book like this, I can read about dinosaurs. Would anybody like to just take a wild guess at what the first sentence in the book says? (laughs) Millions of years ago. And that kid's being thrown off track in the first five seconds. How many kids are being taught that in your town? Like all of them? That's calling Jesus a liar. Did dinosaurs live millions of years ago? Dr. Seuss even says it, millions of years before you were born. Jesus said the creation of Adam was the beginning. Oh, somebody's wrong, folks. Now, wait a minute. The Bible says before the flood came, they lived to be 900 years old. How is that possible? Well, we'll cover that seminar part two, tomorrow. But uh, what about the flood? Well, that's covered on video number 6. And what about dinosaurs? Well, that's covered on video number 3. But listen, you're going to be told in school, you started like a slime and you slowly became a human. You be careful because that philosophy will spoil you. Jesus said, Beware lest any man spoil you with through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of the world and the tr- rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Hey, if a child goes 12 to 16 years to school in your town, how's he going to view the world? Probably as an evolutionist. If the Bible's right about the beginning, maybe it's right about the end. Hmm? Let's summarize here God made the world, He owns it, He makes the rules, and we are all guilty of breaking His rules. Every one of us. I'll show you. Here's the Ten Commandments He told us, Thou shalt not bear false witness, don't lie. How many of you have ever told a lie in your life? Put your hand up. Come on. You're doing another one if you don't, okay? All right. Thou shalt not steal. How many ever stole something? Come on, you already told me you're a liar. Put your hand up, okay? (laughs) Keep your hand go up there, brother. Put it up. Okay. All right, so far we know we're all a bunch of lying thieves, right? (laughs) Do you want to read the whole list and see how we're doing? (laughs) We better stop right there. There's no question we are guilty and we are going to be punished. God is a righteous judge. He cannot look upon sin and we're going to be punished. Or you need to find a substitute. That's where Jesus comes in. He wants to pay for your sins. 36 years ago, I told him he could pay for mine. I asked him to forgive me and save me. Hey, if you died today, where would you go? Smoking or (laughs) non-smoking? Where are you going when you die? Hmm? You ought to think about that because you're going to be dead for a really long time. All you get in this life is a little bitty dash between two dates. I'm going to die someday. I'm going to try to make it the last thing I do, but it's going to happen. It could happen today. Have you seen the way they drive around Knoxville, Tennessee? You have got some certified rednecks out there, folks, and you can get killed on the way home tonight, right? Where are you going when you die? If you're not sure you're saved, why don't you ask the Lord to forgive you and save you? And if you are saved, what on earth are you doing for heaven's sake? Everybody ought to find something to do for the Lord. There's a war going on. Find something to do, okay? Get busy. Win souls. Be a Sunday school teacher, bus driver. Do something for God with your life. If we can help, that's what our materials are for. Catalog on the back table back there as well as our videos. We want to help strengthen your faith in God's Word.
0: Okay, and that wraps it up for this particular episode. Um, Thanks for listening. Um, I'm going to have some more of these episodes put up really, really soon. I have all of um, Kent Hovitt's stuff. And I really like to get it out there to my listeners because this is some really good stuff. He teaches a lot of stuff that a lot of people really don't know. So thanks for listening. And um, if you like it, share it, um, rate it, whatever you can do just so we can get the truth out there. Thanks for listening and God bless you.